Welcome to Come Magnify the Lord with Me podcast hosted by Becky Dameron. Becky was saved at a young age and reared in a Christian home. At an early age, she sought for a special relationship, Jesus Christ. As her love for Jesus grew, so did her love for His Word. Becky has enjoyed leading ladies' Bible studies, speaking at ladies' conferences, and sharing the gospel with anyone willing to listen. We hope you have your Bible and are ready to dive into studying God's amazing book. It was a lot of fun talking about the name of God being Almighty God, and He's our God, and He asks us to walk before him and be perfect and and that's what he's asking Abram to do it's uh, something that's wonderful about God is that he's so mighty he's so perfect he's so righteous and yet he cares about us and here he's gonna reaffirm his covenant with Abram and he's saying to him I am gonna keep this promise now can you do something on your end he's gonna ask him something and, you know, he's going to command him to do something. But here at the beginning, we saw, be thou perfect, be blameless, walk before him, striving for perfection, striving to do what's right. You know, we know we aren't perfect and we can't be perfect, but we should strive to do so. And praise the Lord, we now have the Holy Spirit, God Almighty, through the Holy Spirit, living in us, giving us the power to walk perfect before the Lord. And when we fall and we do what's wrong, we can come to God and confess our sins and he's faithful and just to forgive us. What a wonderful uh, promise from God. But we got to get here into Genesis 17 too. And God is talking here and he says, and I will make my covenant between me and thee, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. So God was going to multiply him exceedingly. God was going to have a covenant. He was going to be the one that is promising this, and this is the covenant that it's going to be. And it says in verse 3, and Abram fell on his face. This is an important thing to note. We pray all the time, and we should pray all the time. We should pray when we're washing the dishes. We should pray when we're taking a shower. We should pray when, you know, anytime we're walking around. But there needs to be times we are on our knees and we are on our face before God and we are showing him the respect and giving him, uh, showing, showing that he is, we're in awe of him. That's what we're showing, that we are in awe of him. And Abram does this and God is pleased with signs of humility. Now, not false humility. In Colossians, it talks about false humility, who people are walking on their knees and stuff, trying to gain salvation. And, and you know, the, the Pharisees were rebuked by God for showing that they are fasting, they're they're suffering. No, not not false humility, humility. But in your closet, in the private, fall on your face before God and show Him the respect He deserves. And Abram did this, and it says, and God talked with him. So we're going to see later that Abram falls on his face again before God. So I believe Abram lifts up his eyes as God is talking to him and has this conversation with God Almighty. Wow, what an amazing. Uh, Thing that is being uh, that's transpiring here. So it says, as for me, this is God, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. So God is promising something to Abram. Now, in physical, the physical world, Abram was a father of many nations. 
he already had a son, Ishmael, and Ishmael, you know, the Arab people, they claim him as their father, and then you have the Turkish people, and the way back they were called Midianites and Ishmaelites. Uh, many nations came out of Ishmael, but then also Edomites. So we know Jacob had, um, I'm sorry, not Jacob, but Isaac had two sons. One was Jacob, and that's where the Israelites uh, came from, but one was Esau, and a nation came from him, and they were the Edomites. And so God is promising there's many nations going to come out of Abram, even though right now he only has one son. It's just amazing. But here, he's not only referring to the physical, but the spiritual also. There's many nations who can call, and many people who can call Abram their father by faith. What are, we, what are we saying? Because Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. We who believe God, we are able to say, Father Abraham, He's, he is our father. So uh, I'm going to read a little passage from a, a commentary. It says here, As he was of many Arabian nations and of the Turks in the line of Ishmael and of the Midianites and others in the line of his sons by Keturah and the Israelites in the line of Isaac as well as of the Edomites in the line of Esau. And in a spiritual sense, the father of all that believe in all the nations of the world, circumcised or uncircumcised, as the apostle explains it in Romans 4.11. We're going to get to Romans 4 because here in this uh, passage here, God is going to establish the, um, the picture of circumcision. And so that's why this author here is referring to circumcision. But I don't want to get into that quite yet. But as we get back here... In uh, verse 5, it says, Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. And I'm glad for that because from now on when I read the Bible, uh, I can actually say his name right. I know I keep saying Abraham, and, and it says Abram. So, hey, we finally got to a point where I can officially call him Abraham and be saying it right. <laughs> All joking aside, it says, For a father of many nations have I made thee. So why is it saying for right after Abraham? Well, that's because the names mean something. So first, Abram means exalted father. So he was named that, and, and he was an exalted father. But now God is changing his name to be Abraham, and that name actually means father of many nations. And that's why it says, for a father of many nations have I made thee. So that's why God's saying, your name's going to be this, because, and that the name means that itself. And it says then in verse 6, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations come of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. So we talked about the nations, but here kings, we know there was kings in Edom, there was kings that came from Ishmael, but then we had Saul. Saul was a descendant of Abraham, and then David, and then Solomon, and many kings after that. But, you know, ultimately, who was the greatest king that came forth from Abraham? Now, he wasn't, he wasn't born of a man, but he was born of a woman, and she was a Jewish lady, and so she 
is a descendant of Abraham, and that is Christ. He is the king of kings, and he came from a descendant of Abraham. Wow, what a wonderful promise that God is giving to him. In verse 7, it says, And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. So this is another name of God. This name of God is the God of Abraham. God is saying, I'm going to be your God. And what a wonderful covenant God is promising. And God is called the God of Abraham. Later, he ends up being called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because Isaac was Abraham's son. Jacob was uh, Abraham's grandson. And the point of showing that those three is saying, okay, there was Ishmael, but Ishmael didn't keep following the God of his father. And then there was Esau, and he did not keep following the God of his father either. So God's name, God of Abraham, develops later, and we'll see that, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When I am witnessing to a Jewish person, I explain, I worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that God sent his very own son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. Now, when I get to that point, there's a lot of Jewish people that do not believe it's the same God. Well, that's because the rabbis have written and written and written all kinds of stuff that's not scripture. We have the Talmud and then the Mishnah, which is oral uh, passing downs from rabbis that are not scripture, and they have made God to be different than the God of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, there are many Jews here recently even that are, are believing in Christ and they're understanding the God of Abraham, and so they would say, I worship the God of Abraham. But if they worship the God of Abraham, they would believe in Jesus Christ. So there's something a little off there, but that is another name of God. So back to the scriptures here, it says that this everlasting covenant was going to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. Now we know from the New Testament, God does not say seeds as in Ishmael and Isaac, it's seed and singular, and that the promise was through Isaac. And so later, when we get into the New Testament, uh, this verse is going to be referred to. I believe it's in Galatians. But it says in verse 8, And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession." and I will be their God. So we know that at some point, God is going to destroy the earth that we now live in, not with a flood, but he's going to destroy and make a new heaven and a new earth. And I have a passage that I want to read because God promises Abraham forever you're going to have this land. And so in Isaiah which is written to the Jewish people, Isaiah 65. And, and by the way, before I read this, there's many passages that talk about a new heaven and a new earth, uh, but I just wanted to read one. As we get into these other passages, I will comment on that. But Isaiah 65, 17 through 25 says, 
For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered nor come to mind. But be ye glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem as rejoicing and her people a joy. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. And the voice of weeping shall no be no more heard in her, nor the voice of crying. There shall be no more thence an infant of days, nor an old man that hath not filled his day. For the child shall die an hundred years old, but the sinner, being a hundred years old, shall be cursed. And they shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They shall not build and, and another inhabit they shall not plant and another eat, for as the days of a tree are the days of my people, and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth for trouble, for they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer, and while they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together, and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock, and dust shall be the serpent's meat. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, saith the Lord. So the reason I wanted to point this out is that the land right now, where the land where the children of Israel live right now, that the, them being there is wonderful. I think it's. God ordained, but that is not the promise of the people of Israel being in the land forever. This is here in Isaiah where God makes all things right and all things new, and he has not forsaken his people. As Christians, we are grafted in, but the children of Israel are God's chosen people. And someday he talks about Jerusalem and he talks about how there's not going to be sin anymore. What a wonderful day. And this promise was given to Abraham way, way, way back before Isaiah. During Isaiah's time, it was terrible. Isaiah was preaching against the sin of the nation of Israel. They were There was some being carried captive. This was not a time of rejoicing. Isaiah is reminding the people that God has promised this land to be their possession forever and he, that he would be their God. And it's something we have to look forward to. So times are tough right now. Like there's, there's things that are hard in your life and there's things that are hard in my life, but we look forward to that day when the lamb and the wolf will be together and there will be no more sorrow. Heavenly Father, thank you for that day to come. And I I know it's coming. And I put my faith in you knowing that you keep your promises. And I don't have to fret or worry about things that are going around me because you are a God who keeps your covenant with your people. Thank you for sending your son and allowing me as somebody who was not a Jew to believe upon you and trust in you for salvation. May somebody listening today come to that knowledge themselves. Thank you for listening to Come Magnify the Lord With Me podcast. Please join Becky Dameron each weekday 
for a study through the Bible from a woman's perspective. If you've enjoyed this podcast or have any questions, please reach out to Becky through Come Magnify the Lord With Me Facebook page. Until next time, God be with you and may He greatly bless you as you continue to grow through following His Word.